Today on Calm Talk, we talk about the debatable Christmas movie, Die Hard. Captain, we have a proximity alert with the planet's geekery. We are approaching collision. Quicks, get somebody on the comms. Enter in the security code. Security code accepted. Hello, devoted geeks, and welcome to episode 25 of Calm Talk, the podcast extension of Geek Devotions, the YouTube show from a couple of devoted geeks that are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. I am Celeste, and with me is... Dallas! As you're listening to this podcast, please feel free to interact with us. Send us your thoughts on what we're saying via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us by simply looking up Geek Devotions. Do us a favor and leave a review on iTunes, leave a comment, and we'll interact with you on our social media. Perhaps you can be our next Devoted Geek of the Month. Celeste, this is the first official podcast of Geekmas 2017. Are you excited? (laughs) Yes. What is Geekmas? It's Christmas with geeks. (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs) That wasn't the answer he was looking for. We are devoting our extra Tuesdays, our geek devotions, and our calm talks for the entire month of December to Christmas. Yes. we're Not just that, but we're looking at the stuff that's kind of on the fringe sometimes, or some things are kind of mainline, but kind of different things, such as today's topic, the debatable Die Hard. Yes. So that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about things we liked about it, things we didn't like about it. And then we're also going to uh, discuss whether or not we think it's a Christmas movie. So I hope you guys stick around to the end to hear our views on that. That being said, I want to remind everybody that um, at the time of this recording, which is Sunday, December 3rd, uh, we have the Iron Geek Shift finals going on on our main Facebook page. Look for Geek Devotions. And it's come down to... The, um, our, our friend who is Australian, the Aussie, Ba-ba-bum. the star traveling Aussie versus the time traveling, um, <laughs> time Ba-ba-bum. traveling, I put him as time traveling Triforce chef. And so <clears throat> it's pretty cool. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, their secret ingredient was Thanksgiving leftovers. The Australian was interesting. Because he had to first figure out how to make Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, but he's really cool. So go vote, check them out, and let us know your thoughts on our main Facebook page. That being said, let's get into the meat of today's discussion. And that is Die Hard. So we're going to start on high notes, positivity. Celeste, what did you like about Die Hard? Besides pretty much the whole movie? Yes. Okay. Um... <laughs> I like, I really appreciate Bruce Willis' mm-hmm. his acting. So up until the point where I had seen this movie several years ago for the first time, and then again recently for the second time, mm-hmm. I had never really seen old Bruce Willis stuff, like when he was young. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, this makes a lot more sense as to why he acts the way he acts. How so? Well, he, he kind of has the, the, eh, Forget about it. <laughs> Atmosphere about him. Mm-hmm. And so, like, in some movies, you're like, that just doesn't work. But in the majority of his movies, especially the stuff he started out with and the stuff that got him noticed, mm-hmm. that's really, is really working for him. Yeah, absolutely. 
<clears throat> and um, for me, things that I liked about it was um, not just the attitude, but what he like. This movie is. We have watched a video a while back that said this, and I was like, "It's so right." Is that it is like the perfect time period for an action movie of this caliber? Yeah. The storyline was half being trapped in a in a dadgum building that's you know thirty stories in the air. I think like did I say forty stories up? Mm, it's thirty. Thirty. Okay, so they're like that far up in the air, and yet. Uh, like nowadays, we're like, oh well, you know, here's my cell phone, nine one one. Hey, there's a whole bunch of people here. You know, you could do that kind of stuff back then, though. You weren't. So when they cut the power to the building, as far as the the phone lines, all that stuff, you really were isolated. And that's something we just can't get with today's uh, cinema. Like you can't establish that and have it take place today. Yeah, it always has. To, if that happens, it has to be set in the past because everybody has cell phone. I mean, mm-hmm. you can not have signal, but mm-hmm. I mean, you can just run over to right. a few feet and you have signal again. And the, and, and the whole signal thing—the only way to really accomplish that today was would be to set off a EMP. But then you've you've wiped out an even larger area, so you have all kinds of other issues going on. So the cops already know there's a problem. Exactly. There isn't the problem of oh, it's just a crank call. Mm-hmm. So it was really perfectly set in place, and um, and really Bruce Willis, I appreciate that he is a flawed character. Yeah, you know he's a he's a man who he's there and he he loves his wife and he's but he's just an idiot. You know he's just like he doesn't know how to say the right things. He doesn't know what how to do the right thing do the right things, and so he puts himself in this stupid situation. Like there was a the scene at the beginning of the movie where he's sitting there talking to his wife, and they're having a good moment. Yeah. You know, she's like, you know, I'd like you to come home and and the kids would like for you to stay. I would like for you to stay. I would like to spend Christmas with you. And then he screws it up by <laughs> just going. his foot in his mouth. <clears throat> right. And then like when she leaves, he realizes I'm an idiot. Why did I do that? And so I appreciated that he is a flawed character, but he's working through his flaws to uh, accomplish something, which is obviously save his wife and these people around him. Yeah. I also appreciate that in that same video that was saying that it was set in the perfect time for this type of movie, for this setup, mm-hmm. that they said that he was the character that you could relate to mm-hmm. because he's just a regular guy. He's not Rambo. He's not some bodybuilder mm-hmm. who can, you know, bench press a car. Mm-hmm. He's just a cop. Right. Who knows how things need to be done, and he knows that he has to get what needs to be done, done, in order to save these people. Right. And that's a true story. Now, I want to add this into things that are liked about this movie. Okay. And this is uh, this isn't my preference. I'm saying this on behalf of my mother. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So. Dallas's mom has a, a criteria. For what makes a good movie. Any movie. It Any could movie. be a romance. It could and be. this is needs to be in this it. This needs to be it. And that is simply this. It has to have a good headbutt. Not a weak headbutt, but a good headbutt. A head good headbutt. <laughs> and this does. Growing up, we watched these movies and like I grew up watching Die Hard and Lethal Weapon and, and all these really cool action movies. And you would think like, Yeah, that was your dad. No, no, my mom loves these movies. And she's the one who wants to set up those criteria. It's like if it doesn't have a good headbutt in it. It's not worth watch. It's not a good action movie. And so this has a good action, a good headbutt. And so my mom likes this movie. To the point of where you can, talking about his mom, when we go to see movies, if there's not a headbutt, 
we don't necessarily recommend it to her. <laughs> but if there is, we're like, oh yeah, you need to see this. Mm-hmm. So I just want to throw that in there. And There's a good, call. it's a good head. <laughs> All right. So let, let's, let's switch it up and let's talk about then things that we miss necessarily don't like, or we didn't really care for about this movie. Um, you want to go first? No, no, you go first. Okay. I didn't care for the random scene. You know which one I'm talking about. Oh yeah, about. yeah, the front end where um, the the couple were were were, were caught doing in in promiscuous mi- situations. <laughs> yeah. That I feel like could have been done without. Mm-hmm. It didn't necessarily have any bearing on the movie itself mm-hmm. to show as much as they did. Mm-mm. They could have accomplished the same effect mm-hmm. with less skin absolutely and and that is one thing you should point out with this movie is that it is rated r it is not a kid's movie guys at all and there's some stuff in there that i'm just like that's just not necessary to have and um <clears throat> and back then um you you kind of saw this a lot back in the 80s some of that that like that was it i mean that you saw these things happen a lot in those type of action movies that were rated r again we had to be clear this is an r-rated movie and um so there are a lot of things like that that i didn't care for that i thought didn't add to the story it'd be one thing if these things were adding to the story but they don't they're just completely unnecessary it's just like random curse words that just didn't make sense to be thrown in there because there was some of that now let me let me say this if it's not a movie that has a christian in it Mm-hmm. They're not portraying a Christian. It makes sense for there to be cussing because the world cusses. The sure. world does not have a clean mouth. Right. But at some points, you're right. It wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. It was over the top. Yeah, absolutely. And so there's some aspects about that that I don't care for at all. And and that's one reason why I wouldn't necessarily recommend this movie to everybody who who's like hey i want to watch no you, you don't need to watch this this isn't you're you you're not mature enough to handle this or maybe it's just you're, you're at a place in your life where you don't need to watch and that's yeah. something that needs to be understood is this isn't a movie that i'm like i'm gonna watch all the time because if this is something i consume constantly there's a problem there's a problem it's gonna it's gonna affect my walk with god so i would say that um i didn't really care for the scene where um hans gruber was face to face with john McClane. And uh, when they're in the lobby and John's like interrogating him, he's like, what's your name? And he's like, uh, he goes, oh, Clay, Clay. What, uh, Bill. And I didn't care for it because the accent wasn't covering anything. No, it really like, it wasn't. was stupid. Now, from the way the scene plays out, John kind of figures out you're faking it. You're not who you claim to be. And I don't, I don't know if they played off this because of the accent or because of, you know, the interrogation aspects. But it was it was weak. I was like, why? that? It just wasn't a very good scene for me. I feel like Alan Rickman could have done a lot better with that scene. Unless that's what they were going for, was him just really sucking at pulling off an American accent. See, and I think that they were purposely going for him sucking mm-hmm. an American accent. Because I want to say I've heard Alan Rickman do an American accent and mm-hmm. he rocked it. I could be wrong. It could be a different actor I'm thinking of because I can't even remember which movie I'm... I'm contemplating, mm-hmm. but I mean, I feel like that it was on purpose. It mm-hmm. was as a German bad guy mm-hmm. that this was his, the character's take on an accent. Right. Absolutely. So that's something I just didn't care for. There were a couple of small things like that. We were like, eh, 
you know, some of the acting is a little over the top, yeah. but some of it was just so spot on. You're like, this is such a good movie. So it's hard to complain about some of those elements. Because they are so small. Mm-hmm. I did want to, and, and again, it's the actor, um, the way the character, and I hated the character that was the smug guy who um, um, he was hitting on McLean's wife. The entire time, the guy who was doing legal activities. The whole yes, time. <laughs> that guy. He he was the right <laughs> amount of smugness. You're like, shut up, go away. I don't like you. Like I just cringed every time he was on screen. I was like, you oh, were supposed I don't, to. Though. I know it's one of those things. Like I wish this character was ever there, but I know that's why the character's there. So <laughs> he's there for you to hate him, right? I also don't think they did enough with the. Um, the news anchor. It was such a weird side story that went on with that news anchor, where he and I know he was there simply as a plot device to increase the intensity at the end of the movie. But I was like, that was. I feel like they needed to flesh that out more. Well, can Can I just say that I was so proud when his wife, what was it, Holly? Yeah. When Holly decked the news guy, right? Because I'm like, you went into her home. <laughs> You woke up her babies. Mm-hmm. You told them their mama and daddy were in danger, and then you put it on camera. Yeah. No, sir. You're going to get your <laughs> nose broken. So. So I was like, yeah, mama, go. What are the things that we liked and didn't like? We want you guys to do us a favor and let us know your thoughts of what you liked and didn't like about Die Hard. Send us a message. If you're watching this on YouTube, leave it in the comment section down below. But after this brief commercial, we're going to get back. We're going to be talking about a, some redeeming prop, uh, properties of uh, this movie. And we're also going to talk about whether or not this is a Christmas movie. See you guys very soon. Are you a new business or ministry and need help getting your message out? Are you a budding artist who needs help sharing your passion with the world? Need help creating a social media presence that's impactful and represents who you are, but can't afford to have someone else run it for you all the time? One of my passions is to help people establish a social media presence so they can reach others with a message that encourages and changes lives. Not only do I want to help you create it, but I want to give you the skills so that you can maintain and grow your online presence. I offer a variety of services from graphic design to creating a social media campaign to consultation. If you're interested in my help, email me at geekdevotions at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Okay, and we are back. Now it is time to discuss what we think are the redeeming properties of this movie. What makes it worth watching and better and potentially even spiritual mm-hmm. so dallas why don't you start us off well the the one thing that i really appreciated at the end of the movie was um you had this moment with john when he shot up practically his his feet are bleeding out and he's talking to al the the police officer who's outside and uh they're talking about their family and all this other stuff and um, in this moment, you see John McClane go realize um, he has waited too long to really appreciate who his wife Holly was, and he um, it was one of those. I, I appreciate that aspect. Again, I talked about earlier about him being a flawed character, how he wants to do right but he screws it up. But you really see that happening at the end where he goes, 
I waited too long to take care of my wife, to be the man she wanted me to be, to be there to support her. And so that's one of the things I really did appreciate. And I feel like that could be pulled out of the movie is simply the fact that we need to appreciate the people in our lives right now where we're at. Stop waiting for uh, the junk to hit the fan because it always happens. Whenever something happens, it's bad. All of a sudden we have so much appreciation for the people around us that we're losing and that's going bad and going south. And we need to stop waiting for those moments. And I don't think people do it on purpose. We just get busy with life. And then God allows those moments to shake us and bring us back to reality to understand, hey, something needs to happen. People need you to to be there for them and be there with them. Mm-hmm. And so that that's kind of my thing that I pulled out of it for the most part is that don't wait. Let somebody know that you love them, yeah. that you care about them. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, I pulled out. I liked the part, the storyline with Al, where he was talking to him in that same scene um, that you were talking about. He's talking to him and he says, well, why are you a beat cop? Aren't you on the beat? Why are you at a desk? Because Al's character had mentioned that he was a desk desk jockey desk jockey thank you because i couldn't remember the (laughs) word i was like there there was a word and that was it Mm -hmm. um and he says i shot a kid by accident Mm -hmm. and explains that it wasn't intentional it was the kid had a toy gun that looked like a real gun which we've seen happen Mm -hmm. sadly more often than it it should but Mm -hmm. um so it was talking about the effect on him, the fact that he put himself behind the desk because he couldn't handle the possibility of taking someone else's life. Mm-hmm. He said, they didn't train me how to handle the guilt. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the movie, of course, he shoots the bad guy who should have already been dead. <laughs> but we'll leave that alone. That should have been under my dislikes. <laughs> um, and it it's kind of a... he's now able to be who he's supposed to be and to function in the role that he needs. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we don't need desk jockey cops, cops that sit behind desks, mm-hmm. but he's able to do what he's good at and what he loves because you can tell throughout all of this that he's really good at his job. Mm-hmm. So he's no longer allowing that fear of messing up to keep him from doing what he needs to do. Right. Absolutely. And that's something that I think we all struggle with. You know, we, we find ourselves where we've made a mistake and we more times than not allow the mistake to cripple us. Yeah. I think it's I, I think it's a response I've seen some people not responding appropriately to mistakes. So some people make mistakes like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Do, do, do. And they, yeah. they continue just to do harm and foul to people without really caring. And so because I think some people have seen that abuse, they swing the other way and they're just like, I, I don't want to screw up again. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate the responsibility and the thought behind it. But at the same time, God hasn't created us to live in fear. Mm-hmm. You know, we mess up. Okay, God, forgive me. Get back up and go on. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, cool. Well, next aspect we're going to talk about, the final one, the most highly debated one, the one that you, dear listener, have probably been standing around going, when are they going to get to the subject at hand? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? It is. (laughs) Celeste, why do you believe that Die Hard is a Christmas movie? 
Well, it's not. It's not just because it's set at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. They use the fact that it was a Christmas party. They use the subtle decorations. They use the Christmas carols mm-hmm. to slowly to interweave between the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like I don't remember when it was, but they did a an overtly happy Christmas song. <laughs> during a time frame when it was like gunshots mm-hmm. you're like what the heck is happening so they played with that type of thing mm-hmm. so and it made it a christmas movie for me so is that it the, the the christmas music is that what makes a christmas movie i didn't say that's what it made a christmas movie i just said it's what makes this movie a christmas movie ah okay i understand that so it was the intentional putting of things mm. that were Christmassy. Right. If it hadn't been for that, if it had just been the, oh, he's in California for Christmas, and there hadn't been the use, even even if there had just been the decorations, if there hadn't been the use of the music and the talking of it being Christmas, mm-hmm. because even the bad guy goes, it's Christmas, it's the time of miracles. Right. <laughs> like, this was a interwoven... Be of good cheer. <laughs> <laughs> this was an interwoven theme. Right. So it was not the predominant theme, but I do think it is a Christmas movie because it was part of the subplot. Right. And I'm inclined to believe the same way. It was such a prominent subplot. I mean, he, he's there for a Christmas party. It opens up with some Christmas me- style music. You have Christmas music throughout the entire thing, real subtly interlaid, and the ending was yes. was Christmas music. Uh, one of the first bad guys that um, we see eliminated by John, he ties him to a chair, puts a Santa Claus hat on, and then writes, now I have a machine gun. Ho, 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 ho. And sends him down the elevator. I mean, you see elements of Christmas all the way through. And, to be honest, it ended on a high note. Like, yeah. it, like you felt good at the end of this movie. I feel, and I feel like that's something about Christmas. Like Christmas movies, you're supposed to feel good in some fashion or another. Yes. And I feel like that this movie, you walk out going, I feel good about life. You feel happy. Even, even though hundreds of people just died. <laughs> well, not hundreds of people. Only like 12 bad guys. That's the only people who died. And, and, one, and one dude who was a jerk. Well, yeah. And, and a couple of FBI guys. This list is growing. But not hundreds of people. <laughs> we should just stop talking now. <laughs> but it was. I mean, you walked out going, you felt good about this movie, which is a magic that I think that the 80s encapsulated. Yeah. You had all these buddy cop movies and all these other things. You're just like, you, at times it was cringy in the 80s, but you always felt good at the end of the movies. And I feel like this eliminated the cringe. If there was a cringy moment, they capitalized on it to make fun of it. Yeah. And you walked out going, this was a fun movie. I feel good about life after watching this. And I feel like that is the Christmas spirit. What moment are you talking about that was cringy? Uh, They had all the stereotypical tropes of of a Christmas party stuff Uh, at the beginning of your life. And you see John going, all right, here we go, you know? Yeah. And so... Okay, I see what you're talking about. <laughs> so that's my thought process. I think I think it is definitely a Christmas movie. There we go. So guys, we want to know your thoughts. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Leave the comments. Uh, and if you're watching this on YouTube, leave it in the comment section on the YouTube video. Or send us a message on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Search for Geek Devotions. That said, Celeste... 
tell our amazing listeners what's coming up next week. I'm so excited. We are doing Nightmare Before Christmas, mm-hmm. which I don't think there will be any debate on if that's a Christmas movie. That's pretty debated. Really? Mm-hmm. But it's Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, but it's Halloween. It's, and we will get into this conversation next week because... It's... But... Eh, no. <laughs> Just no. Well, guys, thanks so much for taking time to listen to Calm Talk today. If you love this episode, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. It's all very much appreciated. Until next Sunday, stay devoted. Peace and love. Die